necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line but the between line investigating, investigating and prosecuting is a very fine It is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. Now a man is seen walking towards the officer's SUV, or the deputy's SUV. Investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired multiple shots while the two were parked. multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Madam Speaker, my colleagues, my fellow Americans, I rise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. As far as the allegations of the CIA hacking into the Senate computers, nothing can be heard. could be volatile, and I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. And now, here's CD Media's host of Information Operation, L. Todd Wood and George Eliason. Welcome to Information Operation. Uh, today we have a very special guest, Patrick Byrne, who's his second time on the show. Welcome, Patrick. Thank you. Todd, thanks for having me on. Look, we try to uh, go through the war that uh, the deep state and the Chinese Communist Party, actually, that's been outed now, is waging against the American people. Um, and you've been releasing some very interesting information over the last few hours, and I thought we'd just let you talk to the public about what you want to get out. Sure. Well, you know, there's never a good time to say certain things. And looking back, I wish I had come out a year and a half ago and told the public everything. First time in my life, I have not been the Irish hothead and tried to work within the system. But uh, it's time I came out. And so I did in an interview yesterday, which hit the air, I guess, last night, uh, reveal so, uh, so a year and a half, a year and a half, well, 15 months ago, I came public. I jumped out of Overstock, the company I'd spent 20 years at, to reveal a story that I had dated Maria Butina at two different periods. And certainly this, the second was 100% at the request of the feds. The first, you could say, I don't know if it was at their request or my request or her request. <laughs> but, uh, but the we second. Talk about how you met later. Yeah. Well, <laughs> It was certainly with her, the first period was with her acknowledgement and let's say gentle encouragement, uh, but that's okay. And that was, but when I left out, when I went public a year ago, I did mention in that interview with uh, Martha McCullum that they had me break off and work on something to do with a corrupt federal official. I, I kept to myself that story. And that is that the story you you have me on here to talk. I about? do. That's um, uh, I forget the name of the channel I saw it on, but uh, we didn't break it. But we sure do want to hear about it. Yeah, so, they, had, uh, they had me. They came to me in around December first of twenty fifteen, 
mm-hmm. and said, we have something more important for you to work on. We, the Bureau is the saying, FBI at the time. This is the FBI. Right. And he came and said, and I'm, listen, I'm, I love the FBI. I'm sorry that, that, I mean, historically, and, and since I was a boy, it's one of the, I mean, I respect the FBI and it's really not, I misspoke in that interview. It's not the, it's not the brass versus the non-brass. It's people, it's the field agents and the brass that got there by being field agents versus political people from above. Anyway, so I am sorry, but this is going to. Those have been corrupted and those who haven't, right? Yeah, that's a good way to see it. Those who are American patriots and those who are weenies, weenie careerists. Um, Here's what happened. They came back and asked me, we got something more important for you to work on. The FBI is setting Hillary Clinton up in a sting and we need you to arrange a bribe for her. And I arranged a bribe for $18 million for Hillary Clinton, which she took in the middle of January, January 14th, 2016. I, you want me to go into the details? You want me to explain? Yeah, I'd like to. And, and this was the second bribe she took, right? That you were what, saying. What they, what they told me was Hillary Clinton took a, has taken a bribe and she took a $20 million bribe from the government of Turkey. And this is what's really going on, Patrick. There are two groups in the FBI investigating Hillary. One is the email group, and we know that's a whitewash, but the other is a group in New York who is uh, going after her financials, and they really want to put her ass in stir. Comey Mm -hmm. has been blocking them from going aggressive in their investigative techniques. So this is what they tell me December 2016. Comey has been blocking them from going aggressive because there has not been enough predicate act to justify a sting. They walk me through the law, the legal theory around a sting. And a, a cop can't just walk up to you on the street and say, here, how'd you like to buy a bag of cocaine? Because right. you might not have committed the crime. Otherwise, that'd be entrapment. So a prosecutor has to prove that you had committed, uh, that you had a prior disposition to buy the cocaine, which he does by proving you committed one or more predicate acts. So they walk through this terminology. The predicate act is you pulled your car over at a cross, an intersection known for cocaine drug distribution. You rolled down your window, you put your car in park, you called us. These are all predicate acts which establish you were going to commit the crime. You had the prior disposition. And so when that undercover cop approached you and tried to sell you cocaine, it was not entrapment. It's a good bust. So you understand that theory? And then I can go. So they walked me through all that and they said there was not enough. To, Comey had been saying there was not enough to justify setting Hillary Clinton up. Now, December 1st, 2015, I think there was an awful, uh, that struck me as odd. But anyway, they yeah. continued the story and told me information has come in that Hillary took a bribe. And that was $20 million bribe from the government of Turkey. That group in New York has used that information as the leverage to force Comey to sign off on a sting. And that's they're sending for your help and you're going to facilitate a bribe. There is another government that we believe wants to pay a bribe of $18 million. And your assignment is going to be to uh, befriend that government. It was a government to whom I'd never, a uh, country I'd never been to, find the bag man, befriend the bag man. And then somewhere in the world, there's going to be a room. In the next two months, this event's going to happen, Patrick. There's going to be a room. It's empty. Hillary Clinton walks into that room. The bag man walks into that room. They have 10 minutes to spend alone together. You make that happen. Uh, that, you know, your call from there. So I told them, gee, that's pretty heavy. I helped you fight Wall Street. 
and I was honored to do so. But there are these, you know, now you're asking me to get involved in a presidential election and bribe a candidate. I think I'm going to need a piece of paper that confirms this. And right, they said, we'll, sure. we'll, we'll go back to the office and talk about it. Make sense so far? Todd, any, any question you want to ask before I continue? No, well, James Comey said that uh, there was no reason or no no case for that any prosecutor would take. Um, obviously, that's not the case, right? Well, he had said he had said that until this information came in that she had taken a bribe, and what they told me was that had he had reviewed it and that had made him say, "Okay, you can now set her up in a sting." So I had said, and so when I asked for that piece of paper. They said, we'll go back to the office and discuss it. They came back a day or two later and they said, are you with me, Todd? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. I just went off. I'm trying to, a little okay. bit of streaming issues. So I just uh, thought I'd reduce the load on the system there. Okay. So, so they, uh, they told me, uh, so they went off and they came back in a couple of days and they said, we've been told to tell you, Patrick, you can't be given a letter, but if you'll go to Washington, the director says you can be shown a letter. And I said, oh, the director is he he's requesting this and two federal agents looked me in the eye and said <clears throat> yeah and yeah. i said director comey and the president and they two federal agents looked me in the eye and said <clears throat> i see and i said well you can tell director comey and president obama that a <clears throat> from them is good enough for me to consider hillary bribed and I went to work, and I'm not going to tell you what happened over the next six weeks, but I can tell you that six weeks later, on July 14, I believe it was, 2016, Hillary Clinton was walked into a room in Washington, D.C., where that bag man was, knowingly, knowing that she was going to be offered a large amount of money, to, and, his, and she spent 10 minutes alone with him. Uh, two days later... I met with the federal agents again and I was all excited. Did she take now? Uh, did she take the bribe? Didn't she take the bribe? Uh, and just so people understand, I'm not a Republican. I'm a, I'm a small L libertarian, a small R Republican, never voted Republican in my life. I actually had given money. I happened to have been, I think the largest donor to the Democrats in 05 or 06, 06 in Utah that was more of a fluke. The Democrats had come and asked me to run for Congress as a Democrat. And I had said no, but to be nice, I put him on a private jet and flew him to Iowa and back eight Democratic leaders in Utah. And that showed up as donations to the Republic to the Democratic Party. So that made me for one year, a, or maybe two, a large donor to the Democrats. But it was really, but I just like, look, I'm like I said, I'm not. So they, uh, they told me to do that and i made it happen six weeks later hillary did come in and take that bribe i met with the agents two days later and they told me patrick we need you to forget this ever happened we mean it you got to scrub this whole thing from your memory and i said gosh fellas why is that i and they said patrick what's going on is this hillary no, she's going to be president. It's too late to stop that now. What we've realized is up above, it's been realized that uh, first thing she's going to do the day she's not sworn in as president is she's going to send her people over to the FBI and they're going to ask who was part of investigating Hillary Clinton. And all of us who were part of it, Patrick, we're all going to be destroyed. That includes you. So mm -hmm. we mean that this has been scrubbed from the highest level 
and you have to erase every second of this from your memory. I said, yes, sir. Hmm. Oh, yeah. So yeah, so you're with me up to the story so far? Yeah, I got you so far. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. A couple of weeks later, they got in touch. Well, a couple of weeks later, we were meeting, and um, I forget who got in touch, but I, I think I got in touch and just let them know that wasn't really sitting right with me. And you know, we had a, a year almost before the election, and mm -hmm. I just didn't say it was a political decision, right? Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, I just yeah. asked. And then they finally said, and this time there were three federal agents in the room. And this is what they finally let their hair down and explain what was going on. And they said, we, this is what's going on, Patrick. And this is word for word. President Obama has his people across the federal bureaucracy at this point, but especially the Department of Justice. And Hillary is going to be president. And nothing's going to stop that. But while she's president, think of there as being a Bunsen burner. Here's my mm -hmm. problem. Bunsen burner, like your high school chemistry Bunsen burner. Right. There's being a Bunsen burner within the Department of Justice, and on that Bunsen burner is going to be sitting the information about the two bribes that you that you know about, and the hand on that Bunsen burner on the dial and the knob is going to be the hand of one of Barack Obama's people. If Hillary's a good girl and she defends Obamacare, that flame is going to stay low. If she's a bad girl. Uh, then that flame's going to get turned up high. And that way, Barack Obama's going to manage Hillary Clinton for eight years. Then she's going to step down and Michelle's going to run. And Patrick, that's the plan. So it's essentially a shadow government by Obama, a shadow presidency okay. at that point. And that was, that was described to me. And they, they said, we, that's why we need you to forget every second of this ever happened. More recently this year, while cooperating with some very angry feds, and I want to make clear, I am no, the feds are no friend of mine. I'm no friends. I'm going to be lucky if I don't get shot or end up in prison before this is over. But, and I just committed 15 year felony. No, I'll be right by telling you that story. I think that's a 15 year felony. On the other hand, they involved me in a coup. So fuck them. But <laughs> I'm one of the FBI. I'm kind of mad that I got used this way. It kind of blew up my life. Because yeah. it put me in a position of, it ended up putting me in a position when I understood everything else going down, I had to punch out last year. I thought I was going to be coming public about all this last August and September. Instead, I came public about just the little piece of it, the first Maria piece, enough to warn Americans. But I was mm -hmm. told, keep the rest of this stuff to yourself and don't screw up the investigation. So I said yes, I said yes to the legitimate authorities at the time. But uh, we kind of made a tacit deal. I mean, they were furious. I got, I was lucky to get out of the country with my life, I think. And I got out, I hung out in Indonesia and Malaysia and stuff and laid mm -hmm. low. Eventually I got, I came back after being promised I wouldn't be arrested. And they, they let me know, shut the hell up. Don't say anything else. Let the process work. And I, I said, I will agree to do that. I'm not going to go along with the cover up under, under, I'm, they actually agreed you're going to stay low and no one's going to hear your name the rest of your life. And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not agreeing to a cover up. And there was kind of a tacit agreement worked out yeah. that I would keep my mouth shut to the election and mm -hmm. they would do their thing until the election. And then after that, I could say whatever the hell I wanted. Well, the truth is I actually, a few weeks before the election, I put this up on a, I wrote this up and put it up on deep capture. It's a right. long piece and only a few thousand, uh, who knows who read it. 
but uh, it's now time. The election's over, and I'm doing the wrong thing. I probably have done the wrong. I'll live the rest of my life with regret. I didn't just come out and tell America this a year and a half ago when I when it was the right time to have told it. I, people may not have believed you. Like they may, they've seen uh, the deep state in action now. I think the American people may, maybe uh, cut you some cut you some slack there. So that makes sense why Hillary told Obama, "I'm sorry, Barack," when she lost the election because it was yeah. supposed to be planned to basically maintain control and, and cement real change in America, if you will. Yeah, well, she didn't know until she watched this that yeah. or that, ah. that that she that that bribe she took, she took $38 million in bribes from two different governments. And Obama knew about the first and Obama set her up for the second. Well, wow. was that to the foundation? Do you know or was it to her personally? To the foundation. OK, so do you want to talk about your relationship with Maria? Or is that off, off subject? No, I can, other than I felt very, I mean, I felt bad about what happened to Maria. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little heavy to go into what happened next. Let's just, how do you, how do you feed the public an elephant? One bite at a time. Right. And I'm feeding him a lot of bites too quickly already. Let's just hold off. Other than yeah. I will say this. I will say, well, let's just leave the story there. If anybody wants to read the full story, go to the the uh, deep website, Deep Capture, and read a 20-page story that begins with the Hillary Clinton bribery and blackmail sting or something. And there's other, other things in the title, but you, you got to... It's a fun evening of reading, huh? Yes. Interesting. Let's hold off that second piece for a couple of weeks. Let people digest where they are now. But gotcha. I set up, I decided, the, the punchline is I decided to set up my, once I knew that part of the story, I decided to set up my chain of command in a sting. And I'm not going to tell people what the sting was yet. You can go read it yourself. And I didn't even know what the sting was at that point. I knew at that point that I would, once they told me this about the Brunson burner and stuff, I decided it was pretty much incumbent upon me to plant a hand grenade in the center of all this and pull the pin the moment I got the kill shot, the moment I got a chance, I was going to tear this down. But I looked at three federal agents in the eyes and lied and said, I got it. I understand you. I have erased it all from my memory and you'll never hear about it again. But actually, from that point forward, I was looking for a way to blow up Comey, Brennan and Obama, figuratively speaking, without implicating those three agents. I was trying to protect the agents who were good men. And but when the opportunity came, I knew that some opportunity life's kind of like that. And I'm going to tell you, a uh, my rabbi, you know, who my rabbi was, you ever hear I, who I refer yes. to? Yeah, uh, so who, who's my rabbi? Since you, um, you know, what I'm I mean? sorry, I'm going to drop, I'm getting a little stream action, I'm going to drop my camera, but go ahead, start up, ask that question again. Well, there's a guy I call my rabbi in life, and he taught me something once that when people screw you, you don't. Don't get mad. You know, like John, uh, John F. Kennedy's dad used to say, don't get mad, get even. My rabbi pretty much yeah. taught the same thing in a little bit more earthy language. But that you, when somebody does something like that, you smile, buy your time, grit your teeth, but you just wait. And the universe is structured so it's quite odd how often it happens that when someone has done something like that to you once, if you just buy your time and wait, and are nice, the opportunity will come someday where you can just fuck them. And when that opportunity comes, you you go for the jugular. And that opportunity came by some months later. And if you want to know how badly I I uh, screwed them, you you can uh, 
but I, I think I got even. I think I got even. And we're going to have to wait a few weeks to bring that part of the story out to America. Unless people wanted to go read it at Deep Capture. But I promise Hillary Clinton took a bribe from Turkey for $20 million. She took another bribe for $18 million. The whole Maria Butina thing was a setup. I was part of the setup, just as I was part of the setup of the bribes of Hillary. And so I'm saying as a guy who they had bribing Hillary Clinton and romancing Maria Butina, I can promise you that what really has this is all about, it was a, the deep state, Obama, Barack Obama started this as a coup against Hillary Clinton. And Trump won in a fluke that no one expected. And they, they coup, the soft coup against Clinton got morphed into the Russian collusion delusion. And I say that as the guy bribing Hillary and dating Maria. So I promise you, I know what I'm talking about. I'm in the, in the center yeah. of it all. So do you think Russia is a threat? Uh, you know, this is uh, a question that uh, everybody has a different opinion on. Well, Russia is, of course, a threat. They have 1,500 nuclear missiles pointed at us. I think that they... Uh, I've always been very pro-Chinese. I speak Chinese. I did my undergraduate degree in, in part in Chinese and Chinese history, and I spent 83, 84 over there. Uh, so I've, I've always been pro-China, but I have to say I'm afraid that the theories of Michael Pillsbury, that what they are trying to do are correct. And I think that what we are... You know, we're not blameless in our relationship with China. And you have to go back. This is ancient history to youngins. But what happened in 1945 and how we got crosswise with Mao and such, just like we didn't have to get crosswise at all with Ho Chi Minh, with the man who became Ho Chi Minh. You know, Vietnam, the man who became Ho Chi Minh, he was a operative for the, U for the United States' OSS, which is the precursor to the CIA. During yeah. World War II, he recovered 26 downed American flyers. Ho Chi Minh was totally willing to be, he was not, he was, he was our, he would have been our guy. The Vietnam War was completely unnecessary. And I'm not sure that what happened with China over the years and the way we got crosswise was also not unnecessary. And it may have happened because of some of the same dynamics we're seeing now. I don't, I'm not much impressed with the decision-making in Washington, D.C., because I think there's enormous forces. Ultimately, there's a lefty named Noam Chomsky. Do you know Chomsky? Yeah. He, he's directionally correct. I mean, we're like all Marxists. Uh, generally, when I think of Marxists, I think of people who are correct about the problems, wrong about the solutions. Noam Chomsky's actually correct. He's saying the same thing I'm saying that powerful forces capture Washington, D.C., and turn it to their ends. And you think of this as some gleaming city on the hill where people are involved in polite philosophical discussion about what's best, what's yeah. best for the country, what's best. It's all just different factions and who buys the best lobbyist or rents the best lobbyist and rents the best politicians. And that's what Washington has turned into. So that's why we got in the Vietnam War and it may be why we got crosswise with China. All that said, so acknowledging that we are not blameless in such matters, mm -hmm. what's going on now is a, is a slow coup from China. And I'm, hope, I'm hopeful that this can all be resolved and stopped and resolved peaceful, peacefully because any world where the U.S. and China and Russia get along is, been, is better than any world where we do not get along. You asked about Russia. You know, uh, Putin is a strong man. He's a conventional Russian strong man. I do have the feeling that in his, I have a sense that he's, 
he's looking for an, an exit for Russia. He's looking for a plan for Russia that does not include succumbing to the fierce Mongolian hordes and succumbing right. to you know the, the threat from the east or the west. He's a nationalist and he's not trustworthy and he's done all kinds of horrible things and he to people around him and within Russia and he's done things that hurt the United States. So I'm never going to, you know, praise the guy, but we're our dynamics here are part of the problem. We're not blameless. We're we have been yeah. part of the problem. And there is no reason we cannot have a good relationship with Russia. We want to encourage Russia to rejoin the Western liberal fold, the, our tradition, and it would be possible. But I also think that there are forces here in Washington, D.C. who don't want to see that happen. And they want to That's put everything. obvious, yeah. They don't want to see that happen. And there's trillions of dollars of funding and there's, uh, and there's the same forces want want China to be given a, a blank check and they want to, their apologists for China. So uh, I think that we, uh, so Russia, China is a bigger, much bigger threat right now. They're a much more sophisticated threat. How do we deal with the media, corporate media, legacy media, whatever you want to call it, that's been completely co-opted by whatever it is, the deep state, China, cabal, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's, it's to the point where, I mean, should they lose licenses? I mean, it's not a, an objective media effort. No, although I do think that the social media platforms, which got themselves exempted from any laws regarding libel on the grounds that they're just going to be a neutral bulletin board in this, in the town part, in the town square, have certainly reneged on that promise and should be vulnerable to be sued for libel. Uh, I think that what we should do, though, in general, is voluntarist rather than coercive. And that is, have you ever been in a relationship with a narcissist? I hope not. Yes. <laughs> what the what shrinks say of all the way of all the things they have to treat in people, they really dislike treating narcissism, narcissism the most because you can treat being a sociopath or psychopath yeah. or, you know, uh, all kinds of things, schizophrenia, but you really can't treat narcissism. And the only way to really treat a narcissist is to just withdraw. You don't have to fight, you don't have to fire missiles at each other, it doesn't do any good. You get that a narcissist will try to trap you in a relationship where you you keep well. You think, well, I lost that round, but I'm going to go back and I'm going to try it again. And this time, I'm going to cut this right, off. Right. I'm not going to do this, and that way, I'm going to prevent this counter argument. It's all a waste of time because they just change the rules constantly. They change the rules, and they're really their whole mission is just to extract from you. And if you ever you got giving relationship advice, yeah, yeah, I'm the last <laughs> guy in the world give relationship. But I'm a 58 year old bachelor, so I'm the last guy <laughs> in the world. But I'm looking. I'm. I must. I must do something wrong. Yeah. Uh, so. I think that this all applies very much to the mass media. It also applies to China. Uh, the right, the right approach with the mass media is for us just to withdraw. I'm not going to argue yes. with them anymore. In fact, I renounced on television the other day. I mean, I've been on. I used to come to New York and D.C. and I'd have a half dozen invitations to be on TV or do interviews anytime I came here for 15 years. Since I've come this time, I mean, since a month, I two months ago, I started coming out with this stuff. They there's this cone of silence around me, but I know I'm fine with it. I think they have so disgraced themselves over the course yeah. of the year that it's really instead of the mainstream media sit there saying to people like you, 
and the alternative media, we're you know, looking down our nose at you and we don't know if you're good enough or not. It's time for us to just withdraw and say, I'm going to do, I'm going to do Completely these. Agree. Yeah. This is what you do. And when they come knocking, you know, no, we tried that relationship once before. We didn't need you. I love Fox has lost 50% of its viewership. Newsmax yep. is like bigger than yep. Fox. No, that's just the market at work. The uh, nature of wars a vacuum. If they're going to sign on, what did, you know, that son of Murdoch took over this summer. He's a lefty yeah. socialite New Yorker. He took over and he's lost 50% of the audience of the, of the company. It's too late because it's so. It is too late. Yeah. I have zero interest. I feel a social obligation. I will do if CNN or MSNBC want me on or mm. Fox to tell this story, I will tell it because I have a social obligation to, but I'm fine if I never go on again. I'll stick with Newsmax, One American News, CD Media, whatever, you know, I'm fine sticking outside the mainstream. I think that I've got, I just want to withdraw from them like I would withdraw from a relationship with a narcissist. And it doesn't mean you have to get into fights and scream and throw dishes. It's just, it, none of that does any good anyway. It's just time to check well, out. They've made, them, they've made themselves irrelevant, I think, um, yeah. because people... Uh, and actually, I think that's the silver lining of this whole thing, is that they become irrelevant. Yes. Yep. I think that is the silver lining. I think that everybody has, expo has exposed themselves for what they really are. And unprincipled. Look how unprincipled. Well, Patrick, thank you. We're having a little bit of uh, transmission issues, but um, I think it... Um, thank you very much for your time. And I, I want to have you back on when you're ready to talk about the next phase. I'm being okay. honored, Todd. Thanks for having me on. All right. Take care. Bye.